win. Hey there guys, welcome to We Will Win Baba. I'm your host, or one of your hosts actually, one of three, uh, Husni Ariyamo. And we have over here... Charlie, I am his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no. all the way in, uh, in Bangor, Wales, we have our main guy. Omalimo Tamai, Omnigas Media. We Will Win Baba. Oche. Indeed, 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 indeed. So today's episode, we are bringing you a really juicy topic about the continent, um, our continent, our motherland. So the main topic is basically um, America's bullying of African countries and what America's, you know, doing. As we all know, America likes to twist a lot of countries' arms, uh, not just African countries, but a lot of countries around the world in general who they think they are stronger than. And obviously with, with Trump in power, especially now, um, he moves like a, a, an immature child, right? So the first one uh, basically is that... Uh, so. Some of you might know um, there's a dispute over the Nile River. Nile River goes through different countries, starting from, I think, Uganda, goes through Sudan, uh, then ends in Egypt. It also goes through Ethiopia. So, um, so there's been disputes because Ethiopia is obviously developing at a really rapid rate now. They have the population. Their GDP is going up as well. They're getting a lot of things done. So very, very happy for them, obviously, um, doing really good things. Their prime minister uh, is doing some, some mad stuff. He actually won a Nobel Prize uh, because he basically, uh, for the first time in a while, um, organized a peace talk with uh, neighboring Eritrea, because Eritrea and uh, Ethiopia share like a lot in terms of culture. So they had a war and a lot of families were divided. So he op opened the border and then families were able to see each other after 40 years or so. So, uh, you know, good on the Ethiopian uh, prime minister. That's a good thing. But anyways, coming back to the dam. So they're building a four point something. Uh, um, I don't know exactly how much the money is, but it's quite expensive. They're building a hydro uh, dam to create electricity for the country, which is very vital if you want to move on in terms of industry and things like that. However, uh, Egypt's been complaining that the Nile as obviously is one of the biggest sources there. And, you know, they're really, really, care about it of course uh, they're saying that it's really going to affect the water source when it gets to 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 the to, to egypt because uh, ethiopia is a bit further up than egypt i think so yeah so then basically um sisi who's the uh, president or i should say prime minister of uh is he prime minister one of them anyway of egypt um actually started complaining to the african union obviously they were having some discussions blah 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 then sudan and ethiopia met behind their backs and he wasn't really happy so he ran all the way to donald trump to complain about um ethiopia trying to build a dam hydroelectric dam to have you know an abundance of electricity for its people and in the inf infrastructure for the country then trump basically as a petulant child uh, turns around and basically cuts a hundred million dollars worth of aid to ethiopia because ethiopia could not agree with egypt to solve this issue so yeah uh, what's your what's your take on this anyway charlie firstly i think it's really stupid that um African leaders have to run to um, the US to get help. Like, why can't it be something that you sort yourselves amongst yourselves? Like, you're, you're adults, you know, you are in high positions running countries. You shouldn't need to run over to the US to ask for their saviorism to help you. Like, why? Um, Secondly, Trump 
is a douchebag. <laughs> like, we don't need your aid. Africa doesn't need the US's aid. We know why um, countries like the US and um, other Western countries give aid to Africa anyways. It's a way to kind of um, control um, control these countries. As we can see what's happening right now, um, he's using it as a way to control Ethiopia um, to prevent them from building this dam, which is a necessary thing for the country. I don't understand why um, Egypt can't see why it's important. I get that it's going to cut off... Um, it might cut off a lot of the water supply that goes to um, Egypt, but I'm sure Ethiopia wouldn't do that. There's like, water, an abundance of water anyway. The Nile's quite big as well, one of the biggest rivers. So I don't think there will be that issue. Uh, but I just feel like one country, at the end of the day, we're, we're in Africa. We need to be helping one another. So I don't really understand what the squabble is about. Well, I agree. Like, I think... I'm sure the water's not going to all of a sudden just get up and uh, get cut off, sorry. And the Nile gets dried up all the way through to Egypt. Like, you'll still have water. So what are you crying about? Tamai? Uh, um, okay. <clears throat> Internal issues should be able to be sorted out internally. Charlie said, these are literally leaders. These are leaders of countries. Um, hundreds of thousands of people rely on these people you can't okay that's okay that let me just put that one there so there's the there's the issue there where the so-called african union is still underneath uh clearly another system which is why they end up running to another system because they know that that supersedes the African Union's authority. So that in itself is one of the issues. Second issue, um, we're talking about energy, which is something that Africa should and does have in abundance in the form of solar. We're literally, we span the equator and every, like there are, there are quite literally countries on the continent that barely have winters. So I do not understand why we cannot capture solar power instead of um, dam energy. I know it's hydro. hydro, thank you, instead of hydro. My third issue is I actually understand some of the... So for, for people who don't know the, 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 the way that the Nile travels, it actually starts um, deep in Sudan and kind of Ethiopia, flows downhill. So there's the Blue and the White River, which then um, form into one stream, which is then formed in Sudan, goes through Sudan and then down into Egypt before it enters the Med. So it goes through a couple of the, the River Nile actually enters a couple of countries. So the issue that we are that we're, that we're currently discussing here is Ethiopia. Just to say, I think it actually, I think the source is in Uganda. So I think it goes a bit further down than Sudan. Oh. Even yeah, so even further down. Oh, I said Ethiopia. So, uh, but yeah, it it goes. It's further. It's further down in Central Africa, and then flows down through Sudan into Egypt before getting into the Med. Um, so yeah, what we're currently discussing is if one of these countries um, forms a dam, all the other countries downstream are going to be affected, which is why we're currently seeing this. Again, the issue that. It purely affects African countries, yet they have ran to another 
um, like another port of authority. And then lastly, my issue is with Donald Trump himself. If anybody's really going to argue with me that my man is a racist, talk to your mom. Like, I'm not having it. I'm not even spending time on Lol. it. Lol. He's, he's a racist. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not having that argument. Number two, this is a presidential quote. When he was talking about countries like ours, he's already said shithole countries. He does not show any concern for African people and for any kind of African progress whatsoever. So I do not understand why a leader who, like, let's be fair, the stuff that we know is the stuff that's on TV. So um, I very much hope that he's got even more information than we do on the internal workings of America and like just their opinion, so on and so forth. But the point is that he doesn't care for African people or African progress. And in fact, has, has gone um, to great lengths to, to show that he's, um, he supports the opposite. He, so why are you running to my man and expecting help? Because whatever solution that you reach with this guy is going to ultimately prioritize American outcomes and not African outcomes. So how is it that our leadership sees that as a solution? Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I, I fully do not understand. But obviously, we are now talking about America's bullying of the African countries. So it's, it's precisely what, they would, what the American kind of, um, their, their political structure would want would be, you know, little African country doesn't know what to do, run to America to, to solve any kind of problem. And it's the kind of thing that um, allows uh, America... Um, basically it just justifies how much space they take up in terms of like, you know, the military bases. And there's a, there's a permanent American presence in most African countries. Let's, let's be very clear in some form. So um, this is, this is some of the ways that they actually flex their power. And, this, and uh, at the end of the day, when it, when something like this happens, it's also what then they can use to justify themselves in terms of see. They, we knew they'd need us at some point, so that's why we're so close. And you know, in any in any instances where they quote unquote take the piss, um, they can just they can basically be like, oh well. Um, essentially, the majority of what we do is so good that you can ignore these little bits. When for for people in the know and people who are actually skeptical, we know that a lot of these issues are often caused by America themselves. Um, and then that was, that was kind of one of the, the latter points that I had is, um, okay. Conspiracy theory hat on with a lot of the movements that we talk about in Africa, um, specifically when you were looking at the leadership and the leadership, um, the, the structure. So as in the cronies that the leaders often put in, they, there, there hasn't been a regime that has been put in that hasn't been favorable towards America in some way, or, or the only other, the only way that a regime that is not favorable to America is installed as if the alternate regime is much, much worse. Those are the only two alternates. So the point that I'm trying to make is that all these moves are being made and benefit America. So there's really very little to um, even think that they aren't behind it and they're not you. They're not pulling the usual CIA strings and and making coups happen. Uh, frankly, just just to make sure that they get um, what it is they want out of the deal. 
we don't really know what that is at the moment but that whole area has been valuable from day like from day dot there's a reason there's still all this mythology surrounding ancient egypt um they've already robbed the gold and all of the all of the tombs that belonged to um you know the ancient pharaonic kings and that kind of stuff but there are still major strategic um importance to these places there's still oil in all these areas yeah definitely like um i'm i'm you know i can take my conspiracy theory hat off but i'm i'm not at all shocked to be perfectly frank about a lot of this um and if we're i don't know what the um what the premise of this is are we talking about the examples of america's bullying of african countries or are we ascent and and like supporting that or is somebody uh, essentially do you see as somebody arguing against it in terms of like america's impact I think we're just discussing the different ways in which America is involved in Africa and how they are using their power to kind of bully African countries, African leaders into certain things. Um, This Ethiopian dam is one of the ways in which um, they're doing that because Trump is now cutting off money, $100 million, which is a lot of money, um, to Ethiopia, um, aid money, which to be honest, Africa don't need your aid. So yeah. good riddance. Bye. <laughs> I hope, I hope Ethiopia still continue to put the dam in because we need more, um, sources of like renewable energy and yeah. a dam is one of those ways of doing that. Hydro energy, um, is a good way of, of getting that the dam is already is already being built. It's already the structure is already there. That they're, they're working on it as we speak. So it's the structure is already up. So, so they're like, continuing it. Yeah, they're it. continuing it. There's just been like ongoing stuff. So screw Egypt. you, Egypt. <laughs> yeah, like at the end of the day, Egypt just needs to chat to Ethiopia. Uh, the aim is to make a trade deal between each other, African countries. We need to like look after each other. Uh, yeah. So I understand like the Egypt is very very touchy regarding the Nile, but they also need to know that Nile travels through other countries and it's within Ethiopia's jurisdiction. They're not going into Egypt and physically putting the dam there they're doing it in their own country so obviously egypt just need to find another way and they need to i don't know make a little agreement uh do a bit of trade with each other and just make money and be happy at the end of the day you know the dam and like the way dams work as well they still allow water for their energy as well and and trade and all that jazz so i'm sure like it won't affect it in that way and if it does like ethiopia being a fellow african country you know camaraderie and all that jazz they're not gonna make they're not gonna um they're not going to make, they're not going to, what am I trying to say? <laughs> they're not going to, um, what sabotage? The- yes. They're not going to sabotage a fellow African country, you know? Um, I'm sure they won't like, why would they? Yeah. Um, but then again, I think it could be down to trade and stuff. Like for example, Ethiopia, Ethiopia's GDP is like shot up like mad recently because now they have like companies going there to make clothes uh leather shoes they make the highest producer of coffee in the world uh starbucks actually get all their coffee from there as well egypt's another player in terms of um you know gdp wealth in 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 africa so i think it might be like okay well these guys want to maybe overtake us so egypt might be jealous of of ethiopia's prosperity which i think is really bad 
because uh, if you, if they win, then you can win as well at the end of the day, you know? Like, you can trade stuff, like Egyptians love their coffee and that, you know, but they don't have the climate to grow it. But Ethiopia does. So, you know, you get cheap coffee and everything. But Ethiopia's doing bits, man. I'm, like, I'm really happy, obviously, being East African as well. Uh, there are neighbors as well uh, and they're doing really well you know they've got like good metro sent uh, good metro system transport and stuff uh, it's very cheap they're doing bits um, there's a lot of women who've been placed in parliament now there's one who's actually doing a lot with uh, the tourism sector in Ethiopia I was watching a documentary and she's doing really good stuff because uh, there's a lot of history there in in, in, in uh, Ethiopia as a whole people forget that there's so much history it's mad so like and this woman's been uh, and there's a lot that the new president or prime minister in fact has actually appointed so many women in in good places actually which i agree uh but yeah moving on so our next point um yeah so america is also again <laughs> Uh, in this case, it's actually regarding Kenya. So America is basically forcing Kenya to publicly declare their support for Israel. And they're making this very, very well known. And they're also saying, like, this is part of the trade deal. So uh, Trump's basically, as you know, America is Israel's big brother. So that's why no one can actually fuck with Israel, regardless of Israel's debauchery and every, anything they do, America's got its back basically so there's they're saying they basically are now strong arming a lot of countries to support israel because a lot of them have actually declared um the fact that they don't want to touch israeli goods they, they basically banned it and obviously israel's getting pissed off and they're telling america america is now going around telling everyone else off saying listen we're not going to be friends with you if you don't you know support israel and buy weapons from them so the new deal with kenya also entails that america is going to send used plastic to Kenya as part of the trade deal, as well as publicly supporting um, <laughs> supporting Israel. So it's just like, well, does Kenya get anything out of this deal? Well, firstly, we know that Kenya is one of the four, forefront like leaders in um, plastic pollution on the continent. They've already banned plastic bags um, in their country, which is great. Um, in order to help with plastic pollution. It's such a big thing. A lot of African countries um, have um, a huge plastic pollution issue because of um, Western countries sending over their waste to these countries so that they can dispose of them. So all these Western countries who are nice and clean and don't have um, issues with um, pollution and all of that, um, instead of actually recycling and doing the correct thing in their own countries, they just send it over to developing countries um, in Africa, as well as in Asia. We see it here in, cause we live in Cambodia. We see it here. There's so much plastic pollution. It's ridiculous. Um, and um, uh, it comes, a lot of the plastic pollution actually is from America. Um, the Americans send over their waste to Cambodia so that Cambodia can then deal with how to, you know, get rid of it because they can't be bothered to do it. Um, and we know that Kenya um, are at a forefront of the, of the whole plastic pollution on the continent. They're doing really well in terms of um, putting in measures to kind of help with that. So for, for now, so... <sighs> They want Israel to send their waste there. No, no, no. no you're not understanding that. Sorry. Basically, America is forcing Kenya, because Kenya has been a supporter of Palestine, basically, uh, the Palestinian state, right? 
obviously it, no one likes Israel in it because they do some shit, right? So everyone's saying we don't take Israeli goods. So Israel's like, no one's buying our shit. They tell America, America's the big brother. They now go around, especially to Kenya now. And they said, listen, we're going to make a new trade deal with each other. However, that includes you, A, publicly supporting Israel, saying that we love Israel now, blah, 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 blah. And B, also one of the things in there is that we're going to, in this trade deal, send you some of our plastic. So they are sending them waste from Israel. No, America is sending their waste. Oh, America. Are you? Uh, it's a bit late over here, by the way. It's, it's, it's midnight. Charlie's missing the whole plot, fam. Does that make sense now? Yes, it makes sense. So America wants to send their waste to Kenya. Correct. But they're also saying that you need to support Israel publicly. What the hell has that got to do with Israel? <laughs> but it's Trump, yeah, it's though. Trump, Trump, Trump. He's saying is, what Hosni's saying is as part of the uh, trade deal between Kenya and America. These are the requirements. These are the requirements, which include the support of Israel. Publicly. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because yeah. a lot of countries like um, don't really. Yeah, it's because they're struggling at the moment because Cambodia have have cut the deal. So I, I'm sure a lot of other countries have done the same thing as well, where they are cut. They've cut the deal with America. Yeah. Um, to stop um, plastic pollution because mm. they're like, you know what, nah, like you keep your money. Yeah. It, this waste is too much. Um, we don't want it anymore. So keep your money. Like, don't send us your waste. So. The biggest one's actually now China. In, oh, in, yeah. in recent years, China stopped accepting uh, pollution from especially the Western countries, obviously. Yeah. So it left them with a massive problem because they've literally been offshoring their waste disposal, particularly of plastics, over to Asia, Asian countries, which um, have now basically, like, they've started making pellets, which are more um, efficient to recycle than all the all the nonsense that the americans were sending so it's left them with a problem where they're still producing all this waste but have nowhere to no, no way of dealing with it hence um, um african countries are now taking a larger proportion of that and are also being extorted um coerced by the americans into doing that yeah so uh, and also there was a case actually in um 2006 a company singaporean company actually called uh Trafigura. Um, basically ended up dumping its waste in port areas of Abidjan in uh, in Ivory Coast. So they literally um, got the, somehow they, some guy, they paid some people off. They landed the, the shipment of um, dirty waste. And then they just took that waste in a lorry and just dumped it in these local areas. So imagine you're there in your city, Mandem turns up in a, in a, in a, in a lorry, just dumps all this waste. Um, and also there's a lot of cases where, especially the UK, actually, they were sending a lot of their hospital waste to Sri Lanka. Um, literally, like, dirty, bloody garments. Some of them even had, like, remnants of, like, blood that's turned into pus and it was just leaking. So as soon as they opened the thing, it was, like, people's, like, actual fingers and tumours, you know, everything that, like, the hospitals throw away does not get absolutely organized. They just send it over in a shipment, in a container. So these guys now in these Asian countries open the container and it's just like unbearable. The smell is disgusting. Needles, syringes, like uh, tubes, the whole lot. So yeah, the West are mad. And then there's this guy that I, um, some guy that is in our school actually that I work in as I'm a teacher uh, and he's American. He's like, oh yeah, Cambodia can actually be like the world's recycling. You know, they can actually charge people to recycle. And I was thinking like, dude, Cambodia is not even in that position to, to, to negotiate such a deal because they'll probably get the wrong end of the deal. Imagine being like the world's recycling country. Like, 
you know, it's crazy. Um, but the problem is a lot of these drink companies and all these companies, they're not willing to do the work themselves because it's cheaper for them to use plastic pellets and all this dumb shit rather than actually using like things that they can actually recycle and use. Um, and now plastic's actually morphed into the sand as well. Uh, soil, sorry. So it's really bad. Yeah, they, it's cheaper to just to send it somewhere else and let them deal with it than to deal with it yourselves. Um, but to also go on to the Israel thing, that's some bullshit. <laughs> 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 like, wh- why are you trying to force people to support something that they don't want to support? They support Palestine, so leave them alone, in it. Like, why are you trying to force... Like, fam, this situation is mad. It's basically, I'll give you a funny analogy, right? It's like you got like a, like a friend circle, yeah? And there's this one guy like who you work with maybe in the office and he's like the main guy who owns the company. You, you just work there. You're like, for fuck's sake, I'm just trying to do my thing. But then he keeps forcing this other employee who's like a weirdo, touches everyone up, he's got done for rape bear times, killed a few people. And now the manager is forcing everyone to be friends with this guy. And to like, you know, share lunch with him and stuff and be nice to him and all that shit. But no one wants to go for drinks. No one wants to chat with this person, bro. And that's Israel, fam. Committed murders and shit. Done bear raping and that. And then like the boss is like, yeah, you need to welcome this guy into the team. Like you're like, what? I don't want to hang out with this guy. You know, and, and it's, it's funny. This is like playground antics. And this is typical Donald Trump uh, arena. He throws a fit, says some dumb shit. Um, and, and he's got a really soft spot for Israel. He even started the whole thing of like uh, naming Jerusalem as Israel's capital. So he moved actually um, the, what do you call it? The embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem on purpose to spite the Palestinians. And he's saying the Palestinians, you know what? They might as well just quit. They, they, uh, they don't really have, they don't have any more hands to play, blah, 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 blah. And it's just completely unfair. Uh, if it was a fair fight, then I think a lot more people would get involved in the fight. But obviously, America's got the nukes facing everyone in it. So they're there with the pistols while Israel's at the back just beating the shit out of Palestine on the floor, fam. So it's a very, very unfair fight. And a lot of countries naturally support the underdog or the person who's having something done to them, you know? Everyone has a heart. Uh, and yeah, for me, is I have an issue with Israeli government. I don't have issues with Jewish people or anything like that. So before anyone throws the whole anti-Semitism thing at me, like I'm not anti-Semite. I just think what Israel as a government's doing to um, the Palestinians is wrong. Both sides have done dumb shit. Palestine shouldn't be throwing rockets either, let's be honest, right? It's not yeah. really good. Any killing of a human being or blood spill is bad. I think they should just uh, do a deal where they do two... two um, state system and share the land equally and both obviously want jerusalem because of the religious stuff and i think they should both have have access to it at the end of the day because let's be honest no one's going to give it up they should both be able to use it it's like when teams share one football stadium if you know what i mean like in italy there's uh, ac milan and inter milan they're both from milan two teams arch rivals one's black and red the other one's black and blue color wise right but they both share like from what i know the one stadium now uh, and it's cheaper as well, right? But yeah, so it's it's kind of a crazy situation, man. Um, yeah, so that's for that one again. America, big, um, you know, big middle finger to you and you know Trump. I hope he he gets it in November. Fingers crossed. Um, <sighs> I hope that solves some problems, but it definitely won't solve everything. Um, yeah. Let me let me. So there was there was something earlier that you said, and it just reminded me to we have to. I feel like I always have to say this capitalism is the core issue 
it's what incentivizes these Western countries yep. instead of dealing with their issues. Oh, it's cheaper or slash more profitable to do it this way. And we don't care about the rest of the results from doing it this way. It's literally the way that they operate. Um, oh, oh, I was going to say we're definitely not solving Israel-Palestine today. So um, we'll try and leave all of that out. But it's the idea that um, of course, people are going to be on the Palestinian side when they know that, number one, Israel is quite literally as a country younger than my mother. It's formed in 1940. Yeah, 1947, if I'm not wrong. Oh, no, no. It's not, it's not younger than my mother. It would have been younger than Peter. Yeah, easy now. Um, but as a, as a country, basically, it's a very young country and it literally came out of World War II and all they've done is be a... It's been a... Um, strategic alliance for the americans because all around israel is oil producing countries and america want a presence there and all i i also find it very very harmful that um, a lot of the drones and the drone strikes that the america are, are actually responsible for are done via the israeli drones like they they use israeli drones to do that israelis ma manufacture drones so um, when it comes to the brutality that the the whole planet is basically subject to via the Americans, um, Israel plays a very big part in that. And that's why a lot of the African countries, which are, of course, part of the um, the recipients of this, do not, they, they just don't mess with Israel. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to America, uh, America is literally bullying one of, is bullying other countries into, into what, into like, basically being friends with somebody who's also doing some of the hitting like it it's it, it's so twisted it just like makes no it makes no actual sense to me whatsoever um i think i'm done on this one let's let's go what's next or what have you got to say okay, can we move on to the next one um yeah so so obviously that's that's again uh, that's another middle finger up to america for that situation uh the next one uh, firmly, we don't finger, definitely firmly. Um, is that the u.s are demanding uh 330 million dollars in compensation from uh sudan uh to remove them from the um terrorist list that they've placed them on so obviously trump using the supreme court put a lot of Muslim countries under um, in, in this list um, and whatnot. And Sudan has been on this list like since the nineties or something. So yeah. And he's saying now, Oh, if you guys want to actually uh, get out of this uh, VIP list, uh, you're going to have to pay us a small fee of $330 million. And they're like, well, like, so a lot of Sudanese people are like actually really annoyed at this because they're saying, well, it's not our fault. Our former president had some dodgy dealings with a lot of right wing sort of crazy Islamist people. So Omar al-Bashir, who was in charge of Sudan for a very long time, oversaw a lot of craziness. Um, but then also it all kicked off actually uh, around the, the 90s, um, basically 98, when there was the double bombing of the American embassy, both in Tanzania and Kenya. So the crazy thing is the Americans who were involved in this bombing are actually getting compensation, uh, would get the compensation, but the... Tanzanian and Kenyans who were involved in that blast won't get anything just because they're not American citizens, even though it happened in their country. So on, no, no, no. These Americans are nuts. Like it happened on the African continent, on our soil and involved our people. Like it's, it's, it's Africans who are dying and America want money. Like, are you actually dumb? 
it, it's literally like this this is so um reminiscent of what happened after the abolition of slavery like and if you don't see it that way you can talk to your mom as well frankly like yeah it's nah. it's, it's mad so the former president omar al-bashir was a bit friendly with some of the um more extreme you know islamist mandem so apparently he facilitated bin laden so this is when bin laden came into fashion back then but the funny thing is like america should also be compensating the middle east because they trained bin laden cia trained bin laden so therefore they should be giving people money too for the can, fact that they produced the guy can i can i continue on that one as well bin laden was from a rich family no no so it's because americans tried to rewrite the story there and they're going to yeah so America is obviously going to try and rewrite the story and blame everybody under the sun except themselves. No. Number one, Muhammad bin Laden, who is Osama's father, is one of the, it was basically one of the richest contractors in the UAE. And he came up, his money is literally American money. When the Americans decided that they needed to secure all the oil, regardless of what it, it took, and they were just like, "We're gonna, we're gonna mess with the Mandem from Saudi Arabia, and we're gonna, and we're gonna trade weapons with them, regardless of what they're using them for, aka Yemen, and of course the rest of the whole freaking country." Um, then that's that's how they that's how they got the money. The person who was contracted to build a lot of the infrastructure was um, Osama bin Laden's father. Hence, he was from a wealthy family. He was well trained, um, well educated, and was Western educated. When it came to uh, essentially, he saw the damage that the Americans were doing all across the Arabian states, and he was like, "Well." we've got rich off this, but I'm like, you know, he saw the, he saw himself as being part of the problem, decided to go against it. Um, and yeah, on top of what you've mentioned, the Mujahideen were armed and trained by the Americans because they were murking the Soviets up in Afghan before they obviously were like, well, no, we just don't want any colonizers, which includes the Americans. And then they turned that on the Americans. So like, complete nonsense if the americans are going to try and blame anybody but themselves as usual um side note the moab aka the mother of all bombs and the least sorry the the most lethal non-nuclear weapon that we have was actually used um in 2019 for the first time it was bombing cia built caves in afghanistan like these lot can shut their mouths like the hypocrisy is rife with them Okay, it's sorry, mad, bro, fam. but continue. It's mad. So, Charlie, so, Charlie, what do you think about this? 330 mil for Sudan, who's like, they're actually struggling a lot now at the moment. Why are you asking for money from a country to take them off a list that you created? Like, I don't understand why they're asking for money from them. Firstly, they should assess. If it's, if the, to me, it just shows that this list is phony because if it was a legit list, they would assess the situation. They would look at Sudan, see whether it's like actually um, valid to be on the terrorist list. Is there a threat? What, what's the threat? What level of blah, 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 whatever. Whatever you do, I don't know what they do behind the scenes, but you know what I mean? Well, how come like no European country, United Kingdom like invaded the fucking rest of the world? Country? Well, that's what I'm saying. So you, you, if it was the they wouldn't be on that list and whoever if if your country yeah 
And if your country then becomes safe and is no longer a threat in terms of terrorism or whatever, which we know terrorism is just a word that they use for black and brown people. They don't use it for anyone else. Or for people that you don't, for black and brown people that you don't agree with necessarily, basically. They use it for black and brown people. And so um, it just shows you that the list is not legit because you should be asking for money to be taken off the list. You should be assessing, is Sudan safe? Is it no longer a threat in terms of terrorism? Yes, if it ticks the boxes, then you take it off the list. Simple, you don't be asking for money from them. Like, why are you asking for money? Especially a country which you know won't be able to afford that money as well. Like, it's, it's an, they've purposefully given such a large amount of money as well because they know that it's, it's not, it's not going to be possible for them to do it. Or if they do, then it's going to cause them to take out some sort of loan and then they're going to be in debt to the US and they're probably going to take the, the loan out from the US because the US will be like, oh, we can borrow you the money and then now you're in debt to the US. Yeah, like I, I think to be fair, 330 mil for a country, if it's like developed and well running, isn't actually a lot. lot. No. But because Sudan's obviously come from the, the, the Arab Spring, they obviously had a people, the takeover, civilians were being shot at and that. And obviously, you know what happens in it when man's been there for 40 years, gets kicked out, shit hits the fan fam. It gets peak up in that shit, you get me? It's like some guy comes into a rave in London and starts spraying bullets fam. Man, them start running out of exits from his peak. So at the moment, I think they've done that on purpose clearly. But this whole list though is bullshit, right? As Charlie said, if brown and black people that specifically you do not agree with, because remember there's the bootlickers as well, right? They're the ones, the puppets, they, they get used obviously. But then if as soon as you say, um, we don't agree with this, actually we'll do it our way you're automatically classed as a terrorist, right? Gaddafi actually one time was talking, uh, he was giving a, what do you call it? Like a, one of these um, press conferences to his people. And he was saying, listen, like we had to pay a tax just to be part of the world. Because if America shuts the door on you, then the rest of the world automatically shut the door on you, innit? So America's list is now bomb-licked by everyone, even though that the other countries you've never maybe had any issues with. So he's like, listen, we had to pay He's like, we had to pay tax to, to, to because remember, um, Libya was apparently accused of the Lockerbie bombing back in the, the 90s or the 70s or 60s, whatever. So the, the Lockerbie bombing, I don't know if you heard about it, Charlie. Um, and then they, he managed to get the guy off or something to come over, uh, Lockerbie guy. So, but then they had to, he, Libya also had to pay the family's compensation, everyone that was involved in the, in, in the, the plane who, who died. So um, obviously compensation, if someone's getting killed for no reason, I, you know, I agree with that, no problem. But at the same time, compensation is always done for white families, for white people, for Europeans. I feel like when black bodies and brown bodies come and say, listen, why go on for our compensation? Why go on for Libya's compensation? Why go on for all the African countries that, that have been ruined? Why go on for, for Mali that France has sent their fucking like dogs in? They're like, oh, the Sahel uh, man them in the desert. They, they keep fighting. But the reason why they're fighting is because they don't want France there. But oh, France keeps true. saying, oh yeah, terrorism, Mandem are there, all these Mandem, yeah, they're terrorists. That's, terrorism, literally a word that's been coined from mm. the year 2000. Before that, we didn't really have that shit. It's, it's a new CD that Mandem are playing, cuz. Yeah. New keyword, they keep throwing it in your face until it becomes like, it becomes, what do you call it, like uh, part of um, Urban Dictionary or whatever, innit? You get me? It's literally, it's part, until it goes into the dictionary, like, and that's what they make you do. That's why when a white person goes and shoots up a place, He's, he's, he's mentally ill. Man gets a cheeseburger and that. Are you mad? You know that Dylan Roof man then? Mm. He shot the church fam. Man said he wanted a burger, yeah. And they said like, yeah, cool. Like, we'll go drive through in it. Yeah. And they're killing my man. I forgot his name, the brother. They killed him in the fucking Wendy's parking lot because man was drunk. And man was sleeping in his car because he, he didn't want to drive. 
it's, it's crazy, but so I digest anyway, but yeah, digress. I should say digest. <laughs> my bad is late. Yeah. So for Oy. me, bro, that's, that's another middle finger up straight up, man. 330 mil to be on a, off a list. This is mafia movements, you know? Yes. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. It is literally mafia. Just like, we're going to write a list, put you on it and you have to pay. It doesn't matter about the circumstance. It doesn't matter about like the real life ramifications or any of the, um, any of the actual happenings um like we could get so deep into language right now because of like the terrorism and what you've just mentioned anytime you see um and actually i keep this this example in my head joe cox was literally murdered by a nazi who was um while he was stabbing and shooting he was um uh he was saying the, oh, so his verbiage, like literally the things that he was shouting and saying to the people who were witnessing this were straight out of like the Daily Mail. There is not a single front mail report where you will see this man described as a terrorist. Not a single one. I've done the research. So when, uh, well, and then you can also look at the rest of the cases when we're literally talking mostly in, in America about the police um, but also we had a, uh, you know, the recent uh, Rittenhouse running through the streets with a fully automatic rifle, um, killed two people. Still no description of terrorist on any of the reports that, that come out yet. It, you, you already know. And like, I remember just thinking, I know exactly you, you already know exactly what's happened from the initial reports by, by just the presence of that word. Nowadays, you can literally tell if you see a terrorist attack, you know, there are Brown people involved. If you see there's yeah. been somebody killed, somebody's life has been ended. There's been an unfortunate incident where blah, blah, blah. You already know it's white people. And that is yeah. truly ridiculous. Mentally and ill man picks up a gun, starts spraying bullets accidentally because he was half asleep. Like, what? Bro, like, and, it, and it's so, it's literally, it, it stems from that singular point that, you know, white is always right. And then when you look at it in, in, in the terms of countries where the US is using all its weight, first of all, like, if the US, the US has spent more than every single year since at least 1945, they have spent, more than all the 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 20 the next 25 countries combined on defense this defense includes like uh, what we're seeing now with the militarized police the domestic police force but of course over a thousand military bases one placed in at least every country around the world and there's all the off-grid stuff that we don't see as well because let's not forget a lot of these agencies literally exist in complete darkness completely opaque there's no there's no um overlooking of anything that they're that they're doing so when you look at these people and they have this much power how is it that any kind of terrorist um or if we want to say if there's any other group that's that's um you know brutalizing the the population in let's say libya algeria why is it that the americans are incapable of um together with the leadership of that country dealing with those issues why is it that like how is it that they spend all this money all this resource and yet they can't actually use it in a way that is anything apart from like a complete and, atta and um, 
a, a complete war that obliterates everything and just magically they get everything that's left from the previous leadership at the end and like you can literally look at libya afghanistan um, algeria iraq iran like east timor like there america's body count around the world speaks for itself so it it just bewilders me that the they, yeah it, it's yeah yeah go 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 violent, they're very violent people in america like people will actually get shot in the head and they'll say it was self-defense and they'll just be like yep um he's been acquitted blah 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 that's how america are. america is a very very bloody country uh they've been involved in what there's been 200 something wars they've been involved in nearly all of them pretty much every they single one every single one every since single one, it, uh, like literally uh, it, it's it goes since the 19 somethings like 19 yeah vietnam fam that's like a very that's not like a little two minute two minute ride like on a bus you know that's far fam continent. continent and for you to go there for what oh yeah communism's on the rise well, 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 who are you are you god cuz who cares and then it's not your problem why are you going to sort out other people's problems like go leave them alone if they ask for your help call in it but if they're not asking you help why are you going there america are basically yeah. karens but on steroids fam they'll box you in your face you know <laughs> it's how come people are not putting America on their on their terrorist list? In it, fam. Tr- honestly, Bro. America is the biggest. You no, know that's actually what I. That's what I need to see. That's mad, but you can't do that though because if you do that, it's like America's a mafia. They're a mafia, like. But if the whole world put America on the terrorist list. Yeah, but Charlie, Maybe. they're paying other man them off though, isn't it? That's the thing. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, this is the problem. This is actually the issue. Yeah. Put it. If the majority of countries put them on the terrorist list, then maybe America might just sit down and shut up. I agree. Like, so I'm saying China, I'm kind of happy that China's rivaling America in terms of a superpower. I also think that a lot of African countries, hopefully when they become powerful, or even as a continent, if we become really, you know, we, we are very powerful. It's just these pricks have got their hands in there. But if you have like that power and, you know, population, then you can face America. Because let's be honest, America's declining force. They have been for ages. They're living on, they're living on expired time. All they do is that's why they bully people. That's why they're asking Sudan for 330 mil. That's why they, they're, they're, them and Israel are like literally two little bandits. You get me? They're like literally just trying to like, they're in the corner fam, robbing you every two seconds. Um, and I think like, for example, Russia fam, that's why uh, Trump actually likes Vladimir because he sees um, himself in him. Like you can't do anything to, to Putin in, in Russia. Let's be honest. He, every year he's extending his stay. Like you can't touch him. He was a former KGB trained guy man rides like horses bare like without shirts and shit is mad um so it, that's another crazy thing anyway um so yeah so anyways again i would say definitely a middle finger up to to america regarding the sedan thing um hundred percent so donald trump you can suck your mother please don't come for me still uh <laughs> he would, like he listens to our podcast fam can you imagine imagine <laughs> he starts tweeting us fam we'll put it on you know fox you imagine like <laughs> we will win baba from the country Nambia, like your mum cuz is mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man made that country up as well, you know, Nambia. Um, no, cool. So the final, sorry, the final middle finger up to Trump. Uh, this is actually regarding African students. Um, I actually encourage a lot of African students not to go to America and to seek education elsewhere. Because let's be honest, man, they're man them that rate us in it straight up. And same yes. with China as well, man. You get treated like shit there. Mm. So we not go to these places anyways so the u.s apparently is given Af- only african students from african countries uh, a two-year visa but other countries uh, are allowed four 
So a normal American um, degree or whatever bachelor thing is about four years. But a lot of African countries, for some reason, are being discriminated against. So students from African countries, uh, such as Burundi, Nigeria, Cameroon, Democratic, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, Gabon, the Gambia, Liberia, Malawi, Uganda, Burkina Faso, uh, all of these students from these countries are being, um, and the reason apparently is because uh, 30, uh, Nigeria makes up 13% of people overstaying their visas, blah, 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 blah. Bruv, let's be honest, there's bare white Europeans from the UK and Canada and all them ends who overstay there. But because they're white, I, I'm sure they don't make these figures, mm. isn't it? So, yeah, so for me, um, this is, again, like bullying and straight up discrimination, definitely, like 100%. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's, uh, firstly, I think, like you mentioned before, I think African students really need to either stay within the continent because you need to build up. We have very good education systems. Like Timbuktu was the first place to have a library and all that jazz. Like we have the institutions to do that. Um, and if we don't, we need to build up the countries and infrastructure to, in order to actually do that so we can keep our own students. Why are we sending them away to go to other countries to get a degree? Um, we also need to do this whole thing in terms of um, workplaces. We need to stop discriminating against um, people who have an African degree. Like whether you have an African degree or whether you have a, a degree from the US or from Europe or wherever, like it should all be equal. Like it shouldn't matter. Yeah, but everything from the West is right though, isn't it? That's that whole mentality they've been feeding us. Um, you know, shout out to Burner Boy in that song, bruv, Monsters You Made Fam, when he says, uh, them teach them European things in my school, in my African school. Fuck Mongo Parks and them punks, bruv. By the way, Mongo, Mongo, what's his name? Um, Mungo Parks, whatever his name is, some dumb name anyway. But man said he found the Niger River cuz. Scottish guy. Like, Asia. what? How? How can you find something that was there, fam? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I think oh, we just need to... Take that one to sure. Columbus. Um, I think we just need to make sure these boys are digressing here. Um, I think we need to make sure <laughs> that we um, um, keep, keep our students on the continent. Um, we, we have a lot of good institutions there. And um, if more people go to them as well, more smart people, I put that in air quotations for those on the podcast. Um, uh, if more like people go to it, it will build up the reputations of those um, institutions as well. So we need more people to go to those ones. Don't go off to Europe. Don't go off to the US to get you a degree. Um, learn it from, you know, receive it from your continent. So that's my first point. Anyways, the other point, going back to the actual issue about the two-year visa, I think that's bullshit because um, if you do choose to go there and get your degree, like the degree is four years. And if I'm getting a student visa, you should allow the length of however long the degree is. Why is it only two years? What then happens if I can't renew my visa for whatever reason? They're doing it not, it's not going to prevent people, people who want to overstay, they will overstay. Like, how is it going to prevent people from overstaying in the con on on um in the US? Because unless they do regular visits, unless the immigration, I don't know how it works in the US, whether they do like regular visits to these people to check up on on visas and whatnot. 
Um, I just don't understand how it's going to stop people from overstaying. Um, if people want to get lost, again, I put that in air quotations, in the country, they will do, they will do that. If you want to go to the US and you're going on a student visa so that you can stay in the country, which happens to a lot of countries where people go, they will get a student visa because it's an easier way of doing it. They'll stay in the country and then eventually like get some sort of like illegal work or whatever and then you know build a life there and not be like registered um people happens a lot i see it happen in the uk many times as well where people come over um i think it's um i think it's stupid that you have to get a visa to go to a country in the first place but hey those are the, the laws that they have in place um but for just for allowing a two two year when the rest of the countries are not that's just discrimination right there um right i think um because they would rather have white bodies overstay like for example uh mandan from canada next door a lot of them overstay let's be honest there's a lot of people from the uk who live in america i'm sure who probably overstay their shit um but guess what no one blinks an eye because why because they're white simple as and let's be honest like african people like you know work hard very smart people right but it's been drilled into but to be fair i don't even like as i said america to me is nothing they're stupid people there man let's be honest when it comes to logic and just general common sense it's not common fam no it's not um it's Agreed. just discrimination because um either you do it for everyone or you do it for no one like just why are you picking and choosing why specifically if a person wants to overstay regardless of where they're from they will overstay yep and this is like every everything that we've everything that we said halfway through your degree like it's mad Mm. so uh, basically everything we've said is shows the importance of why we need to build up our own institutions yeah this emphasizes the importance of building our institutions and why that is so if we build our educational institutions particularly at the tertiary level secondary going into tertiary level then we can retain our students then those retained students then go into the workforce particularly what the some of the things that we need is um, our economies need turning around energy production needs to be diversified and particularly greenified if that's a thing and in society we need to i don't know how you get this message out but white is not right it needs to be needs to be the thing that that kind of goes ahead and um, agriculture like we just need to guarantee agriculture make sure that our people can be fed therefore we don't have to rely now, that kind of ties into the economy but yeah not having to rely on imports particularly on aid which is one of the things that really annoys me because we literally have countries that can produce gold platinum diamonds coltan blah 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 which they're shipping out and then they're shipping in grain like one of those is much more valuable than the other so it only makes sense to me that you should be able to sell those more valuable bits as uh, at the value that they're worth basically and yeah be able to to take in that grain and whatever else um so this again just is one of the 
what what I'm saying is like even the economics is America's way of bullying African countries. Um, I mean, we kind of talked about it with that 330 million before, but this is one of the things that generally keeps uh, these countries down as well. Like you're making it more difficult for the people who intend on returning to these countries to get their education, which means that it's more difficult for them to implement these kinds of changes and all that kind of good stuff. So um yeah the the discrimination is very obvious because like we've literally laid it out and the the um the consequences like the effects of those um of that discrimination are also very obvious uh go ahead yeah um yeah like no definitely um i think it's also yeah you're right like there's a brother called usman tori from uh the gambia and he was saying that it's very very important for um africa to basically as an african young person to stay in the continent and actually go to one of the universities in the continent because due to the brain drain and also on top of that as well a lot of universities will entice you in the west with all these uh, sponsors um scholarships and stuff all this money but at the same time let's say you're a scientist and you go there and you create a cure or like an in, in, innovation your that university will probably take that stuff from you in terms of like intellectual rights and stuff and they keep it imagine you come up for like you come up with a great idea that could actually help the continent and we have so many smart people in the continent that are very resourceful that create amazing stuff like african people are very smart like very underrated like you know what i'm saying so again let we can't let the west take all our brain you know if you go there and study you need to come back and do something asap yeah i agree like you saying about africans are really smart you know when you come from um poverty and you come from um, more of a disadvantaged background, you have to be really resourceful in what you can do. So a lot of like inventions and a lot of um, things are actually made in these areas. And then uh, the US come, that's why they be put in giving out scholarships like it's free candy. Yeah. Um, because they're coming over, taking these, these people who have come up with these inventions in order to better their lives at home. If you've watched that movie that's on Netflix, what's it called? I can't remember. Uh, the boy that harnesses wind. Yes, the, the, the one that harnesses wind. <laughs> um, um, you see that he um, makes a wind, a wind turbine to kind of help um, with uh, distributing water. Irrigation. Um, yeah, water irrigation for his, for his uh, farm in his village. And um, he then ended up getting a scholarship to go to the US to study. And that's what, that's what these universities do. They come over, they pluck these talented individuals, take them over to the US, entice them with like, yes, you can come study here. And then whatever inventions that you make during your time here is gonna be ours, but that's in fine print right at the bottom that you never see because you know, you, you're, you're, you're literally like, what's the word clouded yeah. by um, the I'm fact not. that you get to go to the U S and it's like, Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And then you just want to go there. So you don't even read all of these things. So I think, um, you know, our talent needs to stay on the continent. We need to do better as a, as a continent to kind of keep and retain those build up our institutions. Um, and yeah, so that people don't go to places like the U S go to places like Europe. Um, I, when we, when we were in at university how many like international students from from nigeria were there so many like yeah. 
<laughs> like the the people that are out here even like actually I'd, I'd literally call him one of my best friends who's been here this summer he got locked out of home um and yeah like he's he, he's an international student like there are all there are loads of internationals one of the things being they tend to be obviously they're from the wealthier families in in these countries and um Oh yeah, so it's just the idea that these people pay so much money, like they should definitely be able to have these demands um, satisfied. Like, Absolutely, and I think like um, th- this is not taking away from the fact that you know go out and and get your education, and and um, if it means going to the US or going to the UK or going wherever to get that better education, but by all means go ahead and do it. Like the the, the government it's the responsibility of the government really to kind of build up these institutions, the responsibility of the universities to do better and to make sure we retain those talents. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. I think every country in Africa should spend about 20% of their GDP improving education every year. If that's done on a daily basis or yearly basis after 10, after a decade, you should have really high standards People can go within the continent to different places that are accredited. All accreditation takes is money, really. You pay for accreditation, right? They come, they check your university, they give you a thing and you just pay a bit of money. Done, finished. So anyway, you obviously have to be up to the standard, but yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's but money is a big thing. But also, yeah, you meet the standards, you know what's got Wagwan. And then if people feel then confident in the continent to go to these universities because they're prestigious and they have the same thing as abroad, I'm sure they'd want to stay. Absolutely. Why would you want to go somewhere cold, fam? I agree. Yeah. I think um, the there's also like a flip side of that, which is removing, like decolonizing the, not just the actual curriculum, but the way that it's run, essentially, like actually decolonizing the structures that allowed the Americans and the British, just like Europeans, having so much influence in that system so that they can't, they can't then like, um, you know, looking at South Africa, for instance, they can't just hike the prices so that um, it's it's essentially only reserved for the richest, who of course are going to be most of these white children. So you have to remove that colonizer's hand from the pot as well. I agree, man. Yeah. But yeah, um, so that wraps it up. Uh, that episode, America's bullying of African countries. Uh, a big middle fingers up to them and what they're doing. Very, really despicable. Keep your grubby hands out of Africa. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And yeah, and your terrible IQ. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> yo, yo. What is, um, keep your dirty hands off my beautiful black skin. That is Kwame Toure. Um, I'll yep. get the full quote. Um, it's it's but, yeah, we're gonna get but some it's very true, man. Yeah. Lock it off. Um, literally, yeah. So we're going to lock it off there, guys. Thank you for listening to We Will Win Baba. Uh, I am Husni. And I'm Charlie. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at We Will Win Baba. Follow, like, subscribe, all that. Um, Omalimo, we are out here. We will win Baba. Prr, prr. Yep, gunshot fire at them things. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Take care. Bye. We will win. Mm-hmm.